Welcome! You're listening to the Pastor's Class Podcast. Either you couldn't make it to class last weekend, or you're just wanting a refresher on what was taught. This is the place for you. You can also visit our website at pastorsclass.org for any other information you might need. We really do hope this message blesses you and that you leave here with more knowledge of the Word of God in your heart. And again, thank you for listening. So we're back in Acts. Last week we took a one-week break. Uh, Anthony talked from Jeremiah 1 about finding our calling. Um, So tonight we're going to be in Acts 27. We're going to talk about um, Paul's journey to Rome as a prisoner in a ship and a storm and being shipwrecked. So the title is In the Storm. And as I was thinking through this week, I thought Anthony's lesson last week really was a good setup because really what we're going to talk a lot about tonight is our storms in life. And so if we're truly living in and following our calling, we're going to have storms. It's not going to be this perfect life. Yes, we can have joy like Jared talked about, but it doesn't mean it's going to be easy. You know, it's, it's, it's often said it's not if, but when you're going to encounter struggles. You know, we can look at James 1, 2 through 4. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials. It doesn't say if. For you know the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. Um, we've all, it's, all, it's also often said that everybody in here is either coming out of a storm in life, you're in one, or you're headed to one. So that's what we're going to talk about tonight. But before we get too far into it, I'll tell you that um, I struggled with this. When I first looked at the teaching schedule, I thought, okay, this one's going to be easy to talk about, you know, Paul going to Rome and and being shipwrecked because you could go a million different directions just talking about the word shipwrecked. So I began to do a lot of research. I looked at commentaries. I looked at other lessons or messages, and most people went... The way I typically like to do is just read the text and break it down verse by verse or section by section and and talk about it. But for whatever reason, all week, I couldn't get it from here to the paper. I struggled all week with just the whole order of it. Um, I knew the application points, really, I was trying to get to, but I could not um, get it done. So tonight, what you're going to hear, I believe, is just something God has taught me through this process this week. And so hopefully, um, there's at least one person here that needs to hear it, besides me. So we're going to talk a little bit about the text, but it's going to be more some lessons from this and more application, because I believe it's something that God has been teaching me through this preparation. Not sure why completely, um, but it's something that I believe um, He is trying to to teach me. Um, And it didn't really come together until... Well, this afternoon, some, but yesterday I was driving into work. I get up early. I leave home at 5, so there's no traffic unless they're still doing construction on 35. So it's usually a pretty easy commute at 5 a.m. It's not that many people. I listen to ESPN radio most days. Some days I get spiritual and turn on some worship music and try to get my mind right for work. But it's typically, um, I'll be honest, it's usually Mike and Mike. You know, I've got to get my sports fixed, and for whatever reason, weird way, that sometimes that gets my mind right as well. So anyway, um, Friday, I'm driving to work, and i just just praying that, God, that you would just get the, these ideas and words from my head to the paper. I took some stuff into the office with me. I usually eat lunch at my desk, and I thought, okay, at my lunch break, I'm just going to start putting it together. Um, 
Well, I had one of those days where it was impossible. The phone wouldn't stop ringing. I was in my boss's office more than normal. And so I was really frustrated when I got home from work. Like, I have nothing for the lesson. <laughs> Literally, I had nothing. I had this legal pad I took to work, and it was blank. And then it just kind of clicked that instead of going through the text a lot, it's just to, to take the lessons that I thought God was teaching me and just try to articulate those as, as best I could. Um, so tonight, we're going to talk about what it means to go through a storm, maybe how to prepare and handle the storm, but also, you know, we can encourage others because we're everybody, like I said, everybody here is going to go through a struggle. Everybody in our family is going to go through a struggle. So we all need to be encouragers. And um, I don't know what's going on in your life. You don't know completely what's going on in mine. So you could be going through a storm right now. So it's important that I understand what it means to go through a storm because I need to be able to be sensitive to you because I don't know what's going on in, in, in your life. So we're going to talk about that a little bit. Um, but back to Acts 27 for a second, more than a second. Acts 27, Spencer, can you put the, I do have a map, try to get some info. So this is Paul's journey to Rome. It's very, it's a long journey. Um, eventually in cha chapter 28, gets to Rome, but you can see it wasn't just an easy um, journey on a ship from one place to Rome. It, it took a long time, and Luke in, in this chapter gives lots of details. Um, it's very detailed. I mean, step by step, everything that happened on this journey, and um, I struggled even with why do I need to know all these details, right? Um, and then it, it, it hit me that perhaps some of the reasons that Luke was going to describe this journey in such detail was, number one, to show how intense and stressful the storm was and the, the whole journey. Because you see Paul in chapter 19, remember he says in verse 21, chapter 19, after these events, Paul resolved in the spirit to pass through Macedonia and Achaia, going to Jerusalem. And he says, after I've been there, I must go see Rome. So Paul's already said he's going to Rome. At that time, I don't think he knew he was going to go as a prisoner on a ship and that he would have already been locked up for two years, falsely accused, shouldn't have been in prison anyway, did nothing wrong. And then this horrific journey that they say the storm was equal to probably a typhoon on a ship. Um, so I think, you know, one reason perhaps Luke um, showed such detail was to show how intense... Um, also, maybe, um, one of the things I, I wrote down was to show, the, to show me, to show you that no matter what the circumstances, God's plan cannot be stopped. There's not a natural disaster even. There's not a physical storm that can stop Paul from getting to Rome because that was God's plan. And that the gospel, the last thing I wrote down is maybe one reason um, that Luke went into such detail was to remind us that the gospel cannot advance on human effort. Now, this is clearly, um, we'll see in parts of this text that um, this is clearly not human effort. This is not Paul's idea to get on this boat as a prisoner and go to Rome. It's, I mean, his calling was to go to Rome, but it's how God chose to get in there. So it was not any human effort. So I want you to think about um, why 
God allows Christians to suffer. Think about that for a minute. If you're like me, one of the first things that pops in your mind is the obvious one, right? We suffer because of sin. And that's not wrong. That's right. That's right sometimes. It's right in the case of Jonah. God told Jonah to go to Nineveh. Jonah ran from God. So Jonah gets on a boat because of his sin of running for God. He's in a storm. But why did Paul endure this, this struggle? It wasn't due to sin, I don't believe. I mean, we've studied the life of Paul from his conversion to um, spreading the gospel and how bold he was even when he's getting arrested. He chose to share his story. You know, he didn't chicken out. He chose to, to share the gospel. He was even told in um, Acts 26 by King Agrippa, even said that if Paul had not appealed to Caesar, which is why he's going to Rome, he could have even been released. So why did Paul have to go through this? Um, I don't know. I don't know the answer. Um, But sometimes we struggle or endure a storm even when we're doing exactly what God calls us to do. It doesn't mean that it's going to be um, all, all roses. But also, I think what I took away from this when I was asking those questions in my, in my own mind, it's okay to ask why. Because maybe Paul went through this storm to show you and me an example of leadership, to show us an example of what it means to trust God and to obey God. I mean, perhaps that could be the, the reason um, that Paul had to endure this Severe storm, because clearly it was not because of sin. So maybe it was because of his witness. We live on from generation to generation, even to you and me. So I'm going to encourage you that tonight or sometime this week to go read um, Acts 27. It's 44 verses. Because like I said, we're going to hit just some high points. Talk about struggling, trusting, and obeying. Um, We know that Paul was a man of God. He lived in his calling. Um, and we're going to see that through this storm, we see Paul's real character. So when you and I go through a difficult time, it reveals who we are. When, we go, when life is good, it doesn't always reveal the real me. But when life is bad, you're going to know the real Stuart by the way I act and react, what I say. And that's what we're going to see from Paul is how to handle a storm, how to handle a difficult time. I mean, everybody was on the verge of death, but yet Paul continued to shine brightly and to lead these people, pointing them toward Jesus. So if we're going to break down the text, the first 20 verses, um, I would call that, um, this is kind of the warning. Um, Paul says in verse 10, saying, Sirs, I perceive that the voyage will be with injury and much loss, not only of the cargo and the ship, but also of our lives. So here, he's giving them a warning. Hey, this is what's going to happen. I'm, you know, he's their counselor at this point. Um, but he tells them, um, he also is telling them in, in these first 20 verses, he's not afraid to die. And like I mentioned, this is not an ordinary thunderstorm. Um, if you've ever been on a boat whether it's in the ocean, a bay, a river, whatever, and gotten caught in a thunderstorm, it's not pleasant. Um, I could tell you a couple stories um, of being out, and, and, and it's not pleasant, but this was not 
that ordinary storm. This was, again, like I said, a typhoon-type hurricane. Think Hurricane Harvey-type winds. That's the type of storm they're in. And then verses 21 through 30, Paul begins to um, encourage them. He says in verse 25, Take heart, men, for I have faith in God that it will be exactly as I've been told. So things are getting bad. But he tells them, look, hey, just, it's okay. I have confidence that God's going to do exactly what he said he's going to do. But I want us to, to be very careful and understand that he says he has faith in God or he believes God. The New Living Translation says, I believe God. He didn't say, I believe in God. Because the Bible says even the demons believe in God. Paul says, I believe God. And there's a very big difference when you add the word I-N, in, when it's believe in God. If you insert that, it's a whole different meaning. There's a ton of people in this world that believe in God. But they don't believe God. And Paul is telling them right here, I believe God. He's going to do exactly what he said he would do. This is the time that they had little to no hope. But yet his trust and his faith in God was stronger than ever. So I ask myself this question in a difficult time. Do I believe God or do I believe in God? I want to say I believe God. But do my actions, when I go through a difficult time, do my actions show that I truly believe God? Because the Bible says that we, Jared told, we can have joy. It doesn't matter what's going on in life. With our relationship with Christ, we hold on to God. He's our strength. He's the tower we run to in refuge in difficult times. Because people that believe in God, they don't trust or obey God one moment. That's the difference. It comes down to trusting and obeying. And Paul is showing them here what it means to trust and obey God. Verses 31 through 34. I'm going to read, um, read those. Lost my place. Paul said to the centurion and, and the soldiers, unless these men stay in the ship, you cannot be saved. Then the soldiers cut away the ropes so the ship's boat and let it go. As day was about to dawn, Paul urged them all to take food, saying, Today is the fourteenth day that you have continued in suspense, and without food, having taken nothing. Therefore I urge you to take some food, for it will give you strength, for not a hair is to perish from the head of any of you. He's showing some leadership here. He's reminding them, hey, you got to stay on this boat or you're not going to make it. You need to get something to eat. You know, he's giving them some practical guidance here. You need to eat something for fuel and strength because the storm's not over. But if you stay here, you're going to live. It's going to be okay. So he's just showing um, leadership. And he does the same through us if we trust and obey him. In the middle of a storm, he uses God's people in the middle of storms. He uses God's people. Um, if I'm going through a storm and I trust and obey God and I believe God, He uses me. He grows me. If you're going through a storm, He can use anybody in this room to encourage you. So God uses His people when we're ready, when we're fueled, when we're strengthened, when we trust Him, when we believe Him. The fruit of the labor will come. So if you're going through a storm, don't give up. Don't give up. Believe God. Have faith in God, that he's going to do exactly what he said. 
the last verses, uh, 35 through 44, he kind of closes things out. Um, in 35, he says, when we had said these things, he took bread and giving thanks to God in the presence of all, he broke it and began to eat. So things are chaotic. He tells them to eat, but he says, hey, wait, let's thank God for this. So he's showing us gratitude when he's going through a horrible situation. He takes time to thank God for the little things, for the food, giving thanks in all circumstances. And then when you go back tonight or tomorrow, whatever, read the whole text, you'll see after that verse, they begin to throw the leftover food and all other items overboard. They just started unloading the ship to make it lighter. Um, It got me thinking that I know I've got some junk in my life I need to throw overboard, right? And we've all got junk that we need to lighten the load a little bit. Um, Either preparing for a storm, if you're in a storm, there's probably some things in your life that you need to just get rid of. Get the bare necessities, take the fuel and the strength you need to get through the storm and get rid of the junk. And then at the end of this, um, they become shipwrecked, but yet they're rescued they reach land, and then um, in, in Acts 28, they arrive in Rome. Um, they, he lived there for two years, he says, proclaiming the gospel with boldness and without hindrance. So after all of this, what is said at the very end of this book, in chapter 28, the last verse, he says, proclaiming the kingdom of God and teaching about the Lord Jesus Christ without, with all boldness and without hindrance. So that's what this was all about, was that Paul could go to Rome and continue proclaiming the gospel, even through a storm. So here's the lessons that I took from this, and then I've got a couple of application points. Some of the lesson number one, when life seems out of control, it's never out of God's control. Lesson two, even in a storm, we're not necessarily out of God's will. Some people think when they're struggling, oh, I must be out of God's will. I need to search for God's will. That's not necessarily the case. Unless you're in that storm due to sin, then you're out of God's will. Clearly, they need to ask God to reveal any sin and repent. But just because you're going through a storm does not mean that you're not in God's will. Even in a storm where we trust God completely and openly, we must do our part to navigate through the storm. It doesn't mean that when I'm going through a difficult time, I say, I believe God, I just sit at home and wait on this difficult time in my life to pass. I have to do my part. You know, Paul says, hey, we need to eat. You know, just basic things. Um, You know, I do believe in living by faith, but I also think, you know, we are to apply some um, common sense, right, and do our part. In life, it's not just sit at home. I believe God. I'm trusting God for whatever, and I'm just going to sit here and wait. Uh, there's a time and place for waiting, but we must do our part. And then God will and can use our storm to bear witness to those around us. Just remember that a storm and a struggle reveals our character. So, as I, I mentioned early on, that I had actually. Two weeks ago when I started reading Acts 27, I already wrote down kind of the application points, and I got frustrated with that too. Okay, so this whole thing has been, sounds like it's been frustrating, right? Um, frustrated maybe is not the right word, but what I, what I started struggling with was it seems like the last 
10 chapters or so of Acts, some of the applications kind of repetitive. And that was bothering me. I'm like, I need, this gets creative here. Come on. You know, God, give me something, Scott or Anthony or myself, we haven't said yet, right? But then I thought, you know what? I'm just stubborn and hard-headed. So maybe I need to hear the same thing over and over and over again. But all of y'all are much smarter than me, so bear with me as I share what I think is application to me. I know you don't need to hear it. <laughs> but I just had just tune, you know, just don't tune it out. You know, just um, I hope you'll really just kind of take them in. They're, they're pretty basic, but I, I think they're important for each one of us. So first, let me say, um, we're all on a journey to Rome. We may not be on the bottom of a ship as a prisoner, but every one of us is going to Rome. God is calling us somewhere. Your Rome may be exactly where you are. Your Rome may be a new place. I don't know where you're headed. I don't know what your Rome is, but you are going to Rome right now. And I can assure you, you will go through a storm or a struggle. The second thing, cling to Jesus, no matter what, every day, whether life is good or life is bad, cling to Jesus. And how do we do that? We spend time in his word, we pray, and we do life with other believers. We've got to have each other around us to make it through our journey to Rome. Number three, get rid of the junk or sin that could be weighing you down. If it's not sin, just extra stuff that's keeping you from reaching Rome. It could be your schedule. It could be complacency. It could be some other idols in your life. It could be money, the love of. It could be health, sickness. I don't know what extra stuff that you're dealing with that maybe we need to, to take inventory of. Or if it's sin, really, truly, tonight, take some time, just you and the Lord, and just pray that God would reveal that sin to you and you would repent. As far as um, getting rid of the junk, it's not an easy process, um, but I do believe it helps us prepare. You know, last year was one of the worst hurricane seasons probably on record, and part of my job, I deal in some emergency management, and so I, we, uh, if we have offices in hurricane areas when there's a storm, I have to, we have to make sure their emergency plan is in place ahead of time. As soon as we know a storm potentially could hit any of the coast, we start contacting those affected offices and make sure they're, they have their plan, they have everybody's contact number, they know what they're going to do. And because I work for the government, there's lots of... Um, reporting requirements and so once a storm about 24 hours before the storm hits those offices have to report every 12 hours and the reporting times are weird it's like 2 a.m and 2 p.m because it's due at the white house at 6 a.m so you know you everybody's and there's three or four layers between between it so um, there's a lot of preparation and then um you know we we go through the the process of enduring the storm you know, um, staying in contact, making sure everybody has what they need, making sure the people are safe. And then there's cleanup. And we saw down in Houston, there was a ton of cleanup. And I know in Puerto Rico, um, we had eight of our employees in Puerto Rico, and I think there's still some without power. Still lots of cleanup. You know, but it's all about being prepared, enduring, and in the right perspective and cleaning it up. So 
I went back to this chart when I was thinking about this. Actually, this came to me this afternoon about how do you get rid of your junk besides just thinking about your life? But what's a practical way? And about 10 or 12 years ago, somebody shared with me something they do once a year. And this is really to set goals. But he says he goes to a hotel one night a, a year and just writes down different things. And I've modified it a little bit for me. I've done this. I don't do this every year. But I think this is a good way to, to help us um, see what kind of junk or extra stuff in life. And I just write on a sheet of paper. Um, it's nothing fancy. One column is self. One is family. One is church. One is community. One is career. And I just write on everything in life in those categories. What's going on in self? What about my family? What, where, where are we involved? It's a good way to see if you're overextended. You know, that's some junk that could be trimmed. At church, am I over, I mean, what's my involvement at church? Am I involved in church? What do I do in my community? What about my job? Is my job more important than my family? It's just a good way to measure where you are in life. And so, I thought this afternoon that this would be a very practical way to see maybe some areas of life that we need to trim and throw overboard, either to prepare for a storm, to endure your current storm, or um, after you're coming out of the storm. This is a good way to help clean up, too. Um, and self, I mean, pray. Number one, before you do this, pray. Pray. Because you want to pray that, um, number one, you be honest with yourself on this. But pray that God would reveal sin, areas that maybe you need to, um, to trim out of. And I know I've done this a couple times and, and come out of it and walked away from some commitments because I've realized I was overcommitted. And that if I were to go through a difficult time, being overextended doesn't help you, right? And then, um, so I wrote down, you, you got to pray first, you listen to God, read his word, seek wise counsel, and then repent where necessary. And then page two, you do the same thing, but then you write down what it should be. Or maybe what junk needs to go overboard, or what, what is my life going to look like once I throw things overboard to endure this storm? So unfortunately, I don't have any copies or anything magical. I just, I was on a walk this afternoon kind of my way of getting my mind right. Um, and it just clicked. That, hey, run home and write that down and take it to class. So unfortunately, you just got the scribbled version. Um, but if you're interested in that, let me know. Like I said, it's nothing magical. Um, I just, um, it's just something I, I think is good, whether you're setting goals or, um, or just everyday life. And then the last application is, Tell your story. Bear witness even in a struggle because people are always watching. And the way you handle the storm, it could, it could be whether someone turns to Jesus or turns away from Jesus. So how you handle it is going to reveal your character. And it could cause someone to come to Jesus or it could cause someone to go, I don't want anything to do with that Jesus. Because that guy claims Christ. And if that's, what, if that's the way they act in a difficult situation, I want nothing I want nothing a part of that. Amen? Amen? All right, so just remember, you're going to go through a storm and cling to Jesus and start throwing stuff overboard and tell your story. That's, um, that is it for tonight. Let me pray for us.
God, we thank you for um, just being you. That you're a God that no matter what happens in our life, when life may seem out of control, you're in control. That life is truly never out of control because you're always in control and that um, your plan always prevails. And God, we acknowledge that we, the gospel can't go forth on our own effort. So we ask, God, that you would use us to advance the gospel like we see Paul. And God, I pray for every one of us in this room, whether they're um, just coming out of a difficult situation in one, or God, you know if they're headed to one. God, that we would um, be prepared, that we would endure the storm well, and that we would um, be good in our cleanup. God, that our character would reveal you and how we act to everyone around us when we're going through this difficult time. And God, if there's someone um, in our close circle that's going through a storm, help us to be an encouragement. And God, I just pray that each one of us would take an honest assessment of our hearts this weekend. And God, that you would reveal any sin. God, that we would repent, that we would cling to you, that we would do an honest assessment of every area of our life. And God, where necessary, start just throwing junk. Just get it out of our life that we may focus on you and you alone. All this we pray in your name. Amen.